Namaste. Welcome to you all. <clears throat> this is our last satsang here, as has been said. But it's the beginning of a new chapter. Sat Yoga is a science. It's the most ancient science in the history of humanity. It's the science of consciousness. We could also call it the science of divine love, the science of divine power. The science that seeks to understand what is the true extent of the human potential. How far can we grow beyond the normal ego consciousness? <clears throat> that limits our lives to a melodrama of suffering and often despair and devastation, depression, anxiety, all the symptoms of suffering, psychoneurosis that are so common in the world. Is there a way to grow beyond the traumas that have limited our scope, our ability to even understand the mind of God? even have limited our ability to conceive the possibility of an infinite mind that underlies and pervades our reality and is the essence of our own being. As every scientist will tell you, to practice science you need a laboratory. And the proper laboratory for the science of consciousness is called an ashram. We have finally been able, thanks to the grace of God, to build such a laboratory in which we will be able to focus those who have volunteered to be members of this grand experiment to live 24 hours a day, seven days a week in a constant energy field of transcendent invocation of the presence of God. It's a very different kind of life than the life out here because it's a life in which no one will think you're weird if you are smiling all the time, if you're in bliss, if you're having a sudden kundalini rising, they're not going to diagnose that as some mental illness. <laughs> if you have a sudden realization of God that enables you to speak in tongues or speak wisdom that comes from higher consciousness, there will be people willing to listen and to learn. And in which the powers of healing can grow because the augmentation of an entire energy field of a community living in resonance with the energy of the highest beingness enables our interconnectedness to function to bring everyone up to that level of God consciousness. And so it's an extraordinary privilege, adventure, opportunity to serve the world with this experiment in seeing if we can make the religious beliefs of the world a reality 
because the science of consciousness and the scientists of consciousness who have come from all different religious backgrounds have recognized that every religion has the same logical structure because human nature is universal. And therefore, if you can understand the logical structure of a religion and not get sidetracked by its mythology and its overt uh, analogies and parables and dogmas, but understand what those sacred texts really mean and follow them and live them out fully, they are a recipe for transcendence. And those who have studied every religion have recognized the congruence. There is no difference between Buddhism and Christianity, Judaism and Hinduism, Taoism, even the esoteric traditions like alchemy and Kabbalah and others. You can find the places in which they speak in different words of identical concepts and point to that which transcends all concepts. Today, because of the particular nature of the world we're living in, the culture we're all living in, that has been globalized, westernized, consumerized, materialized, dumbed down, and uh, brought to a point of despair that we can ever solve the kind of global problems that we have, and that has been limited to a scientific mindset, not a scientific one, but a belief in a certain 19th century form of science. Because the, the science that you were taught in school hasn't even caught up with the 1905 discoveries of quantum physics. I'm sure you weren't taught the implications philosophically of quantum <coughs> physics in your educational system. I know I wasn't. But when you study all of this, and when you study the relationship of physics and biology and other sciences to that, the science of religion and the science of consciousness, you begin to see the same phenomena from so many different angles that suddenly it clicks what it really means to you individually to enable a portal to open to the realization of what Christ was talking about not simply a belief and a need to pray to be saved, but the realization that Christ and Buddha and <coughs> Krishna and uh, Lao Tzu, etc., were teaching the same scientific <coughs> understanding of how to go from ignorance, sin, and ego consciousness to the consciousness of the Holy Spirit that frees you from all traces of trauma, that frees both body and mind from their templates of suffering and enables liberation, salvation, redemption, call it what you will. Every religion has a different term, but it points to the same realization. That is not simply the liberation of an individual but it is the liberation from the illusion of being an individual into the realization of the universality and the oneness of consciousness itself. And it is only that transcendence of the ego bubble of narcissism into the universal realization of our oneness that has any chance of saving this world that is now split into battles 
whether they're battles between couples or battles between parents and children or battles between nations and alliances of international blocks. All of those are based on the illusion of the ego, of separation, of body consciousness, and are trapped in the the vices of ego consciousness, which include anger, which include the need for power over others, which include lust, which include the need to prove your identity to others, which include a sense that is hidden of lack, a sense of being an imposter, a sense of not having within you that divine love and light and energy. And only through the transcendence of the ego, which requires going through the dark night of the soul. You don't just jump from ego into light. No, you have to go through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. And to go through that valley, you need help. You need a community. You need people who are already at the light at the end of the tunnel so you can keep your faith and the accuracy of your journey through this chapel perilous into the paradise of God consciousness and then use that energy that you receive to help the whole world to be able to take that journey and to bring a vibrational shift in the energy field of our planet so that more and more beings can awaken to this God consciousness. There is very little margin of time left if we are going to awaken and make a shift that will enable us to have an effect upon the world that will allow us to avoid extinction through our misbehavior in relation to nature, in relation to the love of one another, in relation to God. And so this transformation that is required within ourselves is not a selfish act. It is the most selfless act you can do. And it requires a surrender and a sacrifice of all of those egoic ambitions that are more important than reaching God consciousness, than helping the healing of our world, than achieving the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. But if there's anything more important than that, then one is failing oneself, failing God, failing the commandments that every religion has laid down. And that's for each of us to decide where do we stand in relation to this transformational imperative that God has commanded for each of us. And that command can be fulfilled through loving God, but it needs to be wise love. It needs to be a love that is recognized that is not a love of the ego for God, because the ego cannot truly love. It can only try to love or pretend to love. We must enter into the heart to discover where is our love? What is love? Because we don't know what love is anymore. We mistake it for desire, possessiveness, security, uh, a sense of uh, beauty, a sense of, uh, of goodness at some ethical level. But love is an emanation of God. And the only true love is a love of God, a love received from God, a love that makes us one with God, and love that makes us one with all beings. It is that level of divine love alone that dissolves the ego in the bliss 
of beatitude, of grace, of the Buddha nature, of the divine light of which we are truly made. And these bodies themselves, which appear to us now to be so solid and material, as quantum physics teaches us, are really made of light. But our own consciousness must vibrate at a much higher frequency for us to perceive the light and for us to be able to transmute these organisms into light. And when we do that, we will be able to survive all of the travails, the changes of this coming apocalyptic period. But only through the supernormal capacities that our educational system has failed to teach us are possible for us. But what yogis have proven, have documented, have lived, have demonstrated throughout the centuries. But to achieve these capacities requires a dedicated, uh, intensive period of time of practice of yoga. This is not just theory. Theory is important at the beginning, so you can convince yourself that it's worth it to sit for several hours at a time and meditate, and to know why you're doing what you're doing, and where you're going, and what kind of phenomena will occur to you, and how do you deal with strange uh, paranormal phenomena that occurs without feeling like you're going crazy. How do you deal with this ascent of the mountain of God? and do it in a way that is accurate and effective and efficient and that serves the community of human beings and the community of nature, the community of the cosmos. And so we are establishing this ashram so that we can build a community field that is so luminous and so loving that when any of you who aren't living there will visit, you'll immediately feel liberated from the ego. You won't have to do all the work that those of us living there are going to do in order to create that for you. But you'll be able to experience the fruits of the efforts of those who are making that sacrifice. But we want to provide a healing environment so that people from around the world who are seekers will have a place to come to heal and to discover their own divine essence and to live in that essence. And those who would like to join and create the eco-village that we want to be able to offer to anyone who wishes to live in that environment, we want to make that a possibility for all who are sincerely seeking the truth and the light and a new way of living on the earth that is in harmony with nature and with God. The science of yoga <clears throat> is the science of transcending the ego mind. The ego mind is constantly chattering. It's constantly talking to itself because it's running away from itself. It's running away from silence. It's running away from being into doing, into trying to manipulate reality and control what cannot be controlled. And it is only when there is acceptance of our truth, of our beingness, that we can go deeply within and silence that hyperactive consciousness and find that depth 
of the ocean of consciousness in which the pearl of great price lies waiting for us. And so the practice of meditation is central to the spiritual process. In some religious traditions, it is called contemplative prayer. They are the same. But it is a prayer that consists not in talking to God, but in listening, in receiving, in finding that God self in your own heart, not out there somewhere, not separate from you, but the God who lives within you, who is the source of your own consciousness, your own love, your own intelligence, your own being. And is that within you which is eternal, which will never die? And when you find that within you which will never die, you will become free of fear. And when you find that within you which will never die, you will find the source of love. And from this source, if you remain in silence, this love will become an offering to the universe for the healing of all of those who have not received enough love to be free of the defense mechanisms that they've created around themselves to protect themselves from anger, from hatred, from mental pathology, from attacks of others who are not in a state of true calm consciousness, from psychic vampirism, from all of the monstrous ways that we have abused one another rather than loved one another. And, and this alone will enable us to create a community and a culture which is healthy again, in which there is no longer any abuse, neither of one human to another, whether witting or unwitting, and not abuse of nature, and not abuse of our right to exist. We have a lot of repair work to do on this planet. And that repair work will not seem possible if we take merely a scientific viewpoint of cause and effect. Because we are at a point now where we require miracles. We require the impossible. And that can only be achieved by the Supreme Being who transcends the laws of nature, who transcends any limitations on what is possible. And so it's only the, the, the surrender to that transcendent being and the offering of ourselves as channels for the flow of that energy into the world, that energy that is miraculous, that can heal through the power of light and love through the power of truth that can only be activated as a channel if we are egoless. If, if this individual self that we might think we are takes no credit and tries, uh, does not try to appropriate or uh, divert those powers to any egoic use. We have to become absolute servers of God. And so Satyoga is about our own self-training, 
our own self-purification, our own discipline, our own constraint of the egoic desires that are not accurate, that are not good, that may be abusive, that take us away from the self rather than bring us closer to God. And an ashram is a place where we can eliminate all of those impurities and live in true sainthood and sagehood and divinity of our nature once again. It is a radical shift in the way of life that we have been trained to feel is normal. <coughs> it's a radical shift of the kind of ambition that you might have been trained to have. Whether that was to make as much money as possible or have children or create institutions and companies and rise up corporate ladders or become authorized as doctors or lawyers or whatever. That this is an entirely different mode of living that makes life into an act of sacrifice into the fire of God for the sake not of our own individual happiness, but for the bliss that only comes from the dissolving of the individual into the infinite universal self. It's not a path for everyone. It's a path only for those who are ripe, who are mature, who recognize that the ego is a dead end and that happiness cannot be achieved at the bodily level of being, but only at the level of spirit. And when you recognize that these bodies are vehicles of spirit, you are not the body. It is simply the vehicle you have been given by God. You will actually treat that vehicle in a more loving, healthy, and beautiful way. You will be ethical toward this animal that is carrying you through life so loyally and so beautifully and lovingly, but you won't identify with the animal level of your physical organism any longer. And you won't identify even with the mental chatter or the capacity to think symbolically. That too is a computer that we have been given to use, but we are not the computer, we are the user. But have you realized who it is who is using body and mind? who you are and will remain when both body and mind have fallen away, who you will be after the death of the body. It is that realization that must be achieved now while the body and the mind are still operating so that they can be accurately operated in the service of God. Otherwise, they are like forms of artificial intelligence. Stephen Hawking was talking the other day about the fear that artificial intelligence will take over the world and destroy humanity. Well, it's already done that. It's the artificial intelligence of the ego because we're not controlling the ego and using it in the service of God. It's run wild. We have to depotentiate how if we're going to get to a point where we can reach a new age in which we can save the world from the ravishing of nature that's created cataclysmic climate change and other kinds of disasters. All predicted, whether in the book of Revelations or the Mahabharata or the Quran, all predicted by every religion that we would reach this point. 
so it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. But the question of how do we create a kingdom of heaven that will survive this dark age that we are in? How do we do this in a scientific way? How do we do this without having religions clashing with each other and creating worse problems through following a religion that we do not understand and opposing religions we think we understand but don't? How do we reach a point where we can all communicate together and share a universal culture? that is the culture that God meant to give us, but had to give us in ways that we could understand with minds that were not mature enough to grasp all of this scientifically, philosophically, metaphysically. So we must rise above the Sunday school level of thought, beyond the imaginary, beyond even the symbolic, scientific, uh, mathematical way of understanding, to get to the true, recognition of the mind of God with the power of wisdom and compassion, the power of the ability to see like x-ray vision through the ego mind, through the phenomenal physical forms to the one self, the spirit of God that animates every one of us. And to be able to link, to create a grid, to create a network of loving, mutual, enhancement of our potentiality in that service of God so that the entire energy field becomes a supercomputer, a super internet of the mind of God, a superorganism that can transform the planet because there will be no conflicts, no resistances, no illnesses, no symptoms of suffering and depression, despair, none of that but a beautiful flow of infinite intelligence and love in the service of restoring our world to its pristine beauty. We can do that. We can do that even in this last moment when everything is falling apart. But we can only do it if we are dedicated to doing that and letting go of everything that is opposed to that goal. And there have to be a sufficient number to create an energy field that will create the hundredth monkey potentiality. It won't take that many of us, but we have to have a sufficient number that the energy field of signal over noise becomes sufficient that every brain on the planet will receive rays of this energy. Like your antenna can receive a, a, a television station wherever you are through a satellite. We need a satellite, which is a level of consciousness that transcends the earth plane that can then broadcast to every brain in the world the same message of salvation through love, through self-realization, through the recognition of the presence of God animating our very consciousness and life that will then guide us without our needing to understand conceptually to a new world in which there are no longer wars, no longer conflicts, in which the prophecies of Isaiah and of all the other great sages will be fulfilled in reality. So Sat Yoga is a bringing together of East and West, of science and religion, of the understanding of time, past and present, and future, 
the understanding of the oneness of all that is, the transcendence of this phenomenal dream plane to the real of the eternal presence of God. This is what we were all born for. And everyone has a hunger to achieve this. Everyone in the world has that. But it is repressed. We have been indoctrinated to think those are fantasies. Only fools would try to achieve something like that. People who have been smoking too much, people who have taken too much of different chemicals. It's not for a human being who is rational, who is able to think clearly. But I would say to you, this is the only way to think clearly and that we have lost our ability to think clearly because we have bought into this indoctrination that we are egos and bodies and have lost touch with that divine essence within us that alone can know the truth and act upon it with power. Sat Yoga is very serious, but it is also the science of joy. Because once we are freed from the ego, which itself is serious in the wrong way, because it's always worried about the future, it's always depressed of what it has lost from the past, it's always caught in situations that it cannot understand and is confused and dissatisfied. But once we are freed from that level, there is joy. And that joy is what will enable us to create a renaissance of human culture, of the arts, of theater, of music, of all the ways in which humans can express the beauty of our souls to one another and to share that beauty in everything we do, in the buildings we build, in the poems we write, in the paintings we create, in the clothes that we design in all of the ways that make life an act of beauty. If we will do this in divine consciousness, we will be able to create a world of such extraordinary and astonishing and ecstatic joy that that alone will eliminate any other desire to live in any lower way and will completely demolish the belief that we must be slaves and oppressed members of a system that will never allow us to attain fulfillment. So each of us has to make that decision for ourselves. Do we wish to be free? Do we wish the, the joy of living in a community of free beings? Do we wish to overcome the false beliefs that keep us small and keep us worried and keep us believing that money is God and that there is no way of transcending this matrix of illusion? Or do you dare to discover for yourself that essence of yourself that is already with God in beatitude and bliss and to make that grace a living reality to enable you to be a healer and a teacher and an artist and a beautiful guide for those who are lost in the darkness to bring the world to light and to discover for yourself the deepest secrets of God that can only be known to the mind that is clear and open and wanting to receive 
that power, that intelligence, more than it wants to live on that lower level in which it can feel control. Because the ego mind is out of control and cannot control anything. And our destinies are leading us over the cliff unless we transcend and gain that intelligence that enables us to resolve the problems of our own lives and of those of our world. Whether you visit our ashram, come to a retreat, decide to become eventually perhaps a member there or uh, are it involved in any other path, any other church, any other commitment to a spiritual journey. Any path will take you up the mountain. You don't have to join Sat Yoga. If you're a Christian, be a real Christian. Be an authentic Christian. Follow the real teachings of Christ. If you're a Buddhist, become Buddha. Don't just be a Buddhist. Don't just be a Christian. <clears throat> become one with Christ. Only when we are Christed and we are one with the Buddha nature and we have achieved the, the truth <clears throat> of what all religions are pointing at, that supreme beingness, with humility, with egolessness, with purity, can we be successful in helping the world to overcome its current deadlock? And so we support all of those who are on whatever paths they are on and whatever those paths are called. But follow it authentically. Follow it all the way. Don't stop halfway. And you will receive help from God. Every step you take, you'll receive the power to take 10 more from that source that is both without and within. And the more you have devotion to God, the more portals will open magically in your lives to create opportunities, to hear wisdom, to go beyond the ego level of consciousness, to receive vast insights and experiences of higher consciousness. Gifts will be given to those who seek them and to those who are worthy of them. But we must become worthy by following the commandments, the dharma, the duties, the Tao that has been provided for every culture, for everyone in this world in a way that we can understand and actualize. It is that surrender to the ethics of growth, of ongoing learning, of ongoing development of our souls. That is what is essential. And no matter what obstacles you have, no matter what ego tendencies, no matter what difficulties you have in meditation or prayer, they will be overcome if there is sufficient devotion. So never give up. And never believe it's difficult and never believe that you are not worthy of it. Never believe that God does not want you to experience the highest grace. And that is why we have all been put here. 
Don't believe any negative thoughts in the mind, whether they are demonic or superego voices or voices of the culture that is disbelieving and atheistic and materialistic. Don't believe that. At least as an experiment, let yourself connect with the Supreme Being and be shocked that you will receive a response. You will feel the light, you will feel the power. The Kundalini will rise, the lightning will hit. It is something that will happen if the devotion is true. It's not just people like St. Paul that it happens to or various other saints. It can happen to each one of us if we seek with sufficient amount of true yearning to be one with God. So the path is not difficult. It's not one that needs to take years and years. It's not one that requires all kinds of theoretical understanding and complex methodologies and breathing exercises and knowing how to do asanas that make your body into a pretzel. It doesn't require any of that. It requires only purity of heart and dedication and one-pointedness of mind to be at one with the real Supreme Self.